Today, let's talk basics of the stock market from three dads. We'll talk Robinhood, GameStop, AMC, and teaching your kids about investing. You're listening to the Birdie Dad Podcast. They can't make a birdie, but they can dad. And now your hosts, Jared, Brian, and Trevor. All right, welcome back, Trevor and Brian. I read a crazy statistic this week. 28% of all adults in the United States bought GameStop, AMC, or one of those other viral Reddit stocks this past past month. 28%. So were you guys in that 28%? Did you buy GameStop or AMC? No, I did not. I'm the 72% that did not. (laughs) That's right. Oh, good math, Trevor. Right off off the bat, right there. Good math. Math minor, almost. Today, uh, we're going to go into dad tips and talking about teaching your kids finances and investing and that whole 28%. I I also read another article about this 20-year-old trader who got mixed up shorting his stock. And according to the report, he gets this message on his app. And the stock he shorted had made a run. And not only did he lose his initial investment, but he owed back what they said was $730,000 that he was Mm. to pay back into his account. Yeah. Mm. And so his trading company did what you would call, it's called a margin call. And basically he needed to pay back right away. And they demanded $120,000 of him right away. 20 year old guy. So... Going back, 2021 has been crazy few weeks in the stock market right now, and it kind of led us to this topic of talking to your kids about money and finances. I mean, I was an economics major, and I missed this whole run. I slept right through it. I slept through GameStop, AMC, everything. I missed it. You know why? It's because you're smart, Jared. And and I hate (laughs) to say, you know, being smart means leaving money on the table, but at the same time, if you're talking about finances and savings, Picking a stock is like throwing a dart on a dartboard. I mean, it's, you got to be paying attention all the time. You got to be, you know, basically that's got to be your job. Um, and even then you're going to be wrong probably about 70% of the time. I think that's what the stats come out to be. So right. I, 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 I think that you were fine, man, if you missed it. I missed <laughs> that's it. That's no missed fault. The whole yeah. Thing. Yeah. Well, I love studying markets. I mean, we all went to school. I studied economics. Brian, you were math. You know, Trevor, you were, you were a science guy. Uh, well, I was, I was actually an economics and major and, then, and a math minor, though. I actually finished my math minor, Trevor. Uh, see, uh, and Trevor uh, was math as well. So we're three <laughs> math dads. In the story, there, it shows you there are serious pitfalls to just jumping into trading. And you just, you know, Brian, I didn't, we didn't talk about this, but you nailed it. It's, you know, we see all this craziness with these new apps and you take somebody, I compare it to, you take somebody who's never driven a car before and you hand them keys to a Lamborghini and say, here, go for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And things, bad things happen. And so that guy, I just, it's a, actually a horrible story because that guy ended up, what does he do? He's 20 years old and he thinks he owes $730,000. He ended up throwing himself in front of a train and there's a lawsuit now over mm. it based on, on how mm. that worked out. So I ask you guys, do you know how that works with shorting a stock? And I mean, it's okay to say, hey, I have no idea. But I mean, do you know how he got himself into that situation? I have, I have no idea. Absolutely no idea what short, I mean, I, I understand the principle of shorting a stock. You're going to like bait, you know, betting on the, you know, the stock's going to go down, but, um, right. 
I have no idea how to do it. Like if you ask me, oh yeah, did you short that stock? I'm going to absolutely say no because I have no idea how to actually short a stock. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with Brian. I don't, I don't know how you short it. I mean, I, when I read this after the fact too, I was thinking like, okay, how do these hedge funds now short the stock once it's high, right? Because then that just makes it exponentially gain, an exponential gain for them. Or how does the like person like us pick the short? But I think you have to do it in a big group of, of, of stock bets, right? Or, or, or well, I'll, um, I'll break it down. So I'm going to make this sound so oversimplified. So anyone that's listening, I mean, first of all, we're not giving any advice. We're just talking about, you know, the principle of this. And, and so let's break it down. You, you buy a stock. If I throw $5,000 into a stock and it goes to zero, all I can do is lose my 5,000. I'm out back to zero company goes bankrupt, whatever. I'm just out 5,000, but the maximum profit is in theory, unlimited, right? The the price can go as high as it, it wants to go. It, it can never mm -hmm. end going higher. So that's the allure of buying a stock. Now, when you short it, you can, re you reverse it. So if I short a stock and I short it at $20 and it goes to zero, I can essentially make a hundred percent of my money because that was the maximum move it could make. But if it goes against you and you're, cause you're betting when you short it, you're betting that it's going to go down. If it goes against you and goes up like GameStop did, essentially the amount you can lose in theory is unlimited because every time it moves up, you're losing money when you're shorting. So that's hmm. oversimplified version. You're betting against it and craps. It's like you're betting the don't pass line. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the safer bet. <laughs> By right. the way, if you're playing craps, right? It but is. Yeah. <laughs> Not Stock in this market's market. different. Yeah. Right. Well, here's where it gets really tricky is that since it can go up forever and you're losing every time it goes up, it's the dangerous trend of trying to short it. You're trying to pick a peak and, and basically go against it. I heard another story. This is a few years ago where a guy basically went to sleep and he had, I think it was like $37,000 in his account. He goes to sleep. He wakes up and realizes he now lost the full 37,000 and he owes a hundred thousand back to his firm. And mm. that is the dangerous part. So, you know, it really brings it into, you know, there's a rule you live by in economics. We learned it, it's that there's no such thing as a free lunch. And so, <laughs> you know, when I see GameStop running, it's like, I ask myself why this is GameStop. This is the like video game corner store. It's the same GameStop I've seen for 20 years. Yeah, and what, what's funny is that people can convince you in any article that they write that the, this next stock is the next big thing. And so you're always going to be chasing somebody else's advice, unless you're a part of that company and you have insider knowledge, which is illegal, by the way. Illegal, um, yep. <laughs> you're never going to be on top Martha of the stock Stewart. market. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and you're never going to be able to try to get the highest price of a stock. Like you're always like, unless, I mean, you're just going to get, you have to get lucky in order to do that. And, and so some people got lucky by buying GameStop. This, this whole kind of movement on Reddit was, it, it sounded like, I mean, I, I don't even know everything that went into it, but it sounded like it was a bunch of people that were watching people short the stock. And so they tried to screw other people. So this is like, I don't know. It sounds like games gamesmanship to me more than anything was, of anybody knowing any information about the stock itself. It was definitely David versus Goliath, right? It was the, all the Davids on Reddit gathered up to take down Goliath. And that's the, the essence of what happened. But talking about finances with our kids, I mean, because I had this conversation with my wife and she had no idea about shorting, about what that meant, why these people were losing money. 
Um, so I, it really led me to this conversation with you guys. And you're right, it's, it's a dangerous game. So you got to be careful with that for sure. So how do you guys talk to your kids about finances? It's tough. I mean, my kids kind of get money. Like they, they've gotten some dollar bills, but I think they're kind of like, what, what is this? Like they don't, they're just getting into numbers. So they're kind of like <laughs> knowing the difference between a $10 bill versus a $20 bill. They don't really understand any of that and the value of what that can get them. So translating dollars into actual physical toys or anything that they actually want to use um it's it's been a challenge but we just recently this last year got them um piggy banks but the piggy banks are divided into three sections um i think it's spend share save and so whenever they do get money um we break it down so you have to put a certain percent to the share which is the charity side of it you have to put a certain percent um into the save and then the rest you have available to spend. And so um, it's the five-year-old is starting to get it. Um, Two-year-old, I mean, no concept yet. So we'll wait on that one. But um, the five-year-old is, is starting to get that to that point. So, but I think, I think, I think it helps to break it down to, um, you know, a physical thing that they can get with the money. So that the money is somehow tied to an outcome rather than just a number that you keep talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that yep. may, it doesn't give them anything in their hands to hold, right? So, Trevor, you're up, man. Your girls, I know they're working. I know you've got the older girls here. Yes, yeah. So um, we kind of started out early with the uh, allowance, you know, doing things like cleaning their room, keeping their uh, their beds made and all the, you know, standard stuff, taking out the trash, helping dad pick up dog poop, all that stuff. And uh, kind of forgot, you know, after the end, like, First, start out strong, give them, you know, three bucks a, w- a week, just kind of having them start to save. And then just over the time, just kind of, they did those things. And then we just stopped giving them money and they just started doing it. So I was trying to figure out, I was talking to a neighbor of mine and he was like, you know, we don't give our kids any allowance. Like they're in my house. That's, that's their allowance. Like he's just like, you know, <laughs> value <laughs> money. They'll figure out later. But for right now they're under my house. They're those chores are a never an, another day of lo- part of life. And so, so definitely so, so, different so his threat is, there. his threat is if you don't do the chores, you're out on the street, street out on the street. You're exactly. Out, wow. you're like hard, okay. hard knock life, right? Okay. So over your head. Yeah, so so I was like, okay, well, that's there's some He's there's six, some by power the way, to that, guys. He is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's some power to that. So like, you know, I, I just kind of try to make it so that the kids understand that yes, there is some monetary value to things, but for for the most part, for right now, because they don't really know numbers. I mean, my daughter the other day, we were, we have to get a new car, and you know, we we're that she was asking, well, are, is the car like how much dollars? Is it like seventy dollars? You know, like she has no mm-hmm. concept of mm-hmm. what what that what value is worth and so you know for us it's just more about you know there are some things that we can buy now versus some things we have to save for later and those are those are the concepts we just try to pass forward i think they're still a little bit young to understand everything so we're still a little bit away from doing big money big money exchanges but um yeah just try to let them know that there there is you can't just buy everything you want um i read i mean i read rich dad poor dad do you guys remember reading that that was real popular when we were younger yeah. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't think I ever read that you, one. So you'll have to great that book. Out. It's a classic to look at. I mean, it talks about the principles you you teach your kids and, and the differences of being raised, like what you do with money. Um, it's been around a long time. Brian, I think, did, did you read Opposite of Spoiled? Have I haven't read, read that, that book? book, no, but I've heard about it. Yeah. 
Um, the, the books that I've kind of read on this topic, I mean, it, it's more for adults, um, anything else, but it's, um, like you said, Trevor, like instilling the same concepts that you can read as an adult with finances. But, um, I was raised, um, a little bit hand to mouth and I don't know, Jared, if, if you were the same way, but, um, I had no concept that, that we were hand to mouth, but we ended up being, you know, you know, what money came in, we were kind of spending. So there wasn't really a lot of savings going on in my family, but we were able to cover everything that we did, right. You know, through school and all that kind of stuff. My parents sacrificed a lot to get that done. I recognize that now looking back. Um, but I wish I would have had that example of, um, you know, money is this value earlier than when I did. Like I, I learned that way later, um, probably over the last 10 years, I would even say like it's, it hasn't been that, that recent for me. And, um, I wouldn't say I'm trying to catch up, but at the same time, um, I am, I have a whole new perspective based off of this concept of, um, I mean, it's a simple economic concept. You spend less than you, <laughs> then you, uh, then you make and, and you're, you're, you're going to be okay. Right? I know. And, and it's, and it's with financing and credit cards being thrown at you when you're in college and, and all this other kind of stuff, you know, being, you know, real talk here, honest, like it's all fake money and you kind of buy into this, this whole principle. And I never had the example of, um, saving, right? Like I didn't, it was like, that was, you use credit as a, a means to buy something and, and then you're kind of stuck at the end of the month, not being able to pay it off. And I think that that's the, the biggest concept I want to eventually teach my kids, which is always trying to be earning, earning interest and never owe any interest. Right. And that's, that's a great one. And that's a tough like concept to give to a kid. So it's easy to say, save, spend, share. Like that's an easy first step. And I think the next step, and maybe Trevor, you are getting into that, but it's it's making interest versus owing interest, right? I don't know how you bring that up. That's oh, a- I have a great tip for you on that. And it's gonna go into, okay, so the book I'm talking about is called Opposite of Spoiled. Trevor, go get it on Amazon. It's a great book to talk to your kids about money. I read it and then I made my wife read it so that we were on the same page. And my daughter's way too young, but there's some excellent tips in there. And Brian, you bring it up. One of the, it, it talks about, you know, when do you talk to your kids about money? And the answer is as soon as they start asking. You, you know, I grew up, my dad didn't, you know, I, if I asked how much we made, it was a, hey, don't worry about it. You know, like a, you're a kid, you don't ask about mm-hmm. money. But, it actually is a different theory. You teach them as soon as they start asking. And one tip you can do, you can take however much money you're bringing in, you be open about it, and you can use pennies on the dining table. And it talks about like, okay, this is how much we bring in. Now, this many pennies goes to our house, this many pennies goes to this car, this many pennies. And you go through what you encounter as a family. Great way to work with your kids and showing them, well, what do we do with the rest? And actually, Mm -hmm. I asked you, Brian, if you read that book, because that is the whole premise of how you teach kids is you have three jars and one is that you save, one is that you spend, and the third jar is like a charity. Mm -hmm. And the tip I wanted to give you is that they talk about how do you encourage kids to save and teach them, you know, we all, they, they can spend no problem and we teach them, you know, not to buy everything, but the safe part is actually I, I never heard this before, but you add interest to their savings jar and you teach them that concept. So if it's every week or every month, uh-huh. you give them a percentage and you say, hey, I'm going to give you 
or maybe you match whatever they saved that month. So if they match, they saved a dollar, you match a dollar. They save five dollars, mm -hmm. you match five dollars, and you're teaching them interest. And if they need to take money out, then nothing goes in. They don't, you know, if they save zero that week, then they get zero added to the jar. So it's I like a great that. way. Yeah, it's a great mm -hmm. way to teach that interest to your kids. There's also probably a way to further that and have a credit jar. So that if they spend mm. dad's money, then they're taking, you know, a 17 point VIG on that, you know? So, so I don't want to bring up Cosby, but I'm going to, there was a, um, Cosby episode before he got busted anyway. Sorry, we won't go into that piece, but where they did exactly that, Trevor, where they, they had to live. I, I think it was when Theo Huxtable was trying to live on his own and he had no concept of money. And so, um, Dr. Escobar said, yeah, um, you can rent this room for me. And they started that whole process of living on your own, of renting back from the parents of, all right, you, you don't have money to pay for this. That's fine. I'll give you credit. But then in like a, a day or two, you're going to owe me twice as much. Right. And so it was just really like, you know, they did the whole concept in a funny way. So that was a good episode, but, um, RIP Cosby show. Um, but it, it, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think doing that role play is 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 a good thing. Introduction, maybe. So, it, what was that book, Jared? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna it's called pull up my phone right now and, and and order it right now. Here we go. I'll order it. It's called The Opposite of Spoiled, and we don't get a kickback on that book. <laughs> We're not big fans. <laughs> but another thing, it does talk about the chores, and I said there's different schools of thought, and it talks about chores. You don't need to attach to an allowance. You can just call them chores because. Mm -hmm. that's just part of life. Like dishes always have to be done. Laundry always has to be done. You don't need to get paid for that. We don't get paid for it. So chores can just be your regular teaching them work ethic and allowance can be separate. Uh, there is a part in there that talks about you can make chores and you teach them entrepreneurship, like let them come up with a contract of a job and say, hey, I'll do this. Okay, well, what are you willing to do that for? And you, you make a little bit of an agreement. I mean, a five-year-old little bit tougher, but as your daughters are, you know, nine, 10, they turn 12 years old and you get to high school and it gets expensive, that allowance may not cover those costs. So you teach them those skills of, okay, well, you're willing to wash all three cars. What do you think that's worth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So what I'm taking from that, Jared, is A, my kids haven't asked about money yet, so I'm okay yet. I haven't talked about that. You're good. I'm good. And B is my neighbor wasn't all that wrong about the chore part that I've listened to as far as not paying him for chores. Not at it's all. He's under not my wrong roof, right? So here, yeah. here's one thing that we just started tonight. And this is something that um, I wish we would have done earlier um, is we have two jars, one for each boy. And it's not money, but it's we've got these little like colored um, cotton balls, right? And so we're calling the good job cotton balls. And every time they do something good, they help their brother, they clean up the playroom, they do whatever we want them to do, um, just in general. We put a um, cotton ball into each the corresponding jar, so one for each boy, right? And once it gets full, then we're going to buy them a toy. So they kind of have like an end um, prize, but it's doing exactly what you were talking about, which is just do what you're supposed to do and you'll get a toy. Right, but it's tying that like good action to a positive, um, uh, you know, I wouldn't call it reaction, but 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 it's yeah, positive it's reinforcement. Re there you go. Yeah, you know, it, you need a dad yeah. jar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like I've done all this good stuff. Here we go. What do I get? Here we go. 
Yeah, no, it's, um, yes. So I think you can do both. I think you combine both and that's what we just started tonight. I'll, I'll report back in about a month to let you guys know how how it goes. If if we, if we keep up with it or not. Yeah. Hey, this week we talked to Andrew Jensen, by the way, guys, a lot of dad stuff there. Um, I got some great feedback. I, I love talking to him. What was your favorite parent lesson from talking with Andrew? Yeah, I loved how he kind of said that he realized later on in life that his his dad was proud of him, but he just wished that he would said it more as he was growing up, you know, in those influential years, kind of like in the teenage years, like that his story about um, he had his awards banquet and his dad really wanted to, you know, sit down with him. But he just kind of said, no, I'm going to sit with my friends. But if his dad had said he was super proud of him in that moment, it would have changed that course of that that day, that week, that year. Um and so that's pretty powerful for me. So I, I, we, that we recorded that episode like, you know, probably three weeks ago. So I've been making a point to kind of tell my kids how, how proud I am of them if they do a special thing, you know? So that was a big take home for me. Yeah, I would agree. You know, from the parenting front, just, you know, letting your kids know and, and just expressing it. So, um, emoting a little bit more. I think that's what he said is his dad is not a big emoter. And I think that that's kind of what I learned is, is, it's okay to show that emotion in front of your kids. Um, you know, you don't have to always be the disciplinarian or the one that's, you know, coaching them or whatever. And I think we've heard that over and over again. And in, in a lot of our interviews that we've had is just, just be a parent, be there for your kid and, and tell them that, you know, no matter what happens, I'm, I'm, I'm your dad. I'm, I'm proud of you. So it, it's all good. Yeah. Don't try to be the instructor all the time. And, and, and it's, which is hard not to do, right? Like you, you want to, like you're, you're kind of in charge of teaching your kids, but you're also, um, you know, need to make sure that you, you love your kids too. And I think that was the biggest thing, you know, first and foremost is tell them, show them and be there for them. And, and that's going to go further than any kind of instruction you can give. For sure. And up next, drum roll, so excited. One of my inspirations to basketball. Next week, we have Bruce Bowen coming on the show. Nice. Mm. Excited for that one. <laughs> yes. That's going to be a great one. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to be there. So you guys are going to have to carry the flag. But, we will um, carry it. Yeah. Carry the load. We'll, we'll carry right. it. Yeah, it'll be a good one. Yeah. Looking forward to it, Jared. We get to sit down. Bruce Bowen of the San Antonio Spurs, NBA champion. Can't wait to pick that guy's brain. So Yeah, pretty it. good golfer, too, from what I hear. He is a pretty good golfer, and we get to talk with him about golf and why we're having him on a golf podcast if he's an NBA former star. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> wrapping up this week, um, I just want to share one last rule when we're talking about the markets. One thing I learned is that there, if you're – into that thing, there's one rule to live by, and that's the markets are always right. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what you thought it should do. The market's always right. So remember that if you're going to take the keys and drive that Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we will see you next time. You just listened for free. Now here's the deal. Go to our website at birdiedads.com and join us. You will get our golf starter's guide and our golf coloring book for kids free right now by signing up. It just takes an email. Thanks for hanging out with us and we'll see you next time.